Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers Howell. Now, what is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Today, our premier sponsor is Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Find out more about them at LuckyTats.com. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Ronnie Johnson, community volunteer and retired director of the Community Foundation. Friends of the podcast, Sea Salt and Cinnamon came up with an idea for us. Yes, they heard one of our recent episodes where we talked about where I won winnings and money from a different podcast. Yeah. And they said, hey, we don't have money we can give away, but we can give away food. And we're like, okay. <laughs> Let's do it. So we are having a contest right now. So listen up. We are going to give away eight breakfast burritos from Sea Salt and Cinnamon Yum. with cookies. With cookies too? It's a $50 value. Awesome. All you have to do is go to goneboss.com, you know, where you get your podcast anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, you're there anyway. Fill out the contact form. Fill out the contact form and tell us what you hate. Yes. So it's going to be what listeners hate. What listeners hate. <laughs> That's too low. Anyway, what listeners hate, we want to know. Y'all hear what I hate all the time. So we thought, tell us what you hate. And then I might talk about that later on the on the show, too. Exactly. Go to the website. Goneboss.com. Fill out the contact form. Tell us what you hate. And be entered to win eight breakfast burritos and cookies from our friends at Sea Salt and Cinnamon. You'll be notified via email, and we'll make a big deal about it on social media. We will. Recently, the fine folks at Minatrista put on another edition of Fairy Sprites and Lights yes, over at the Oakhurst Gardens, right? Well, it was all through all throughout Minatrista and the gardens oh, and, okay. and all of that, but Oakhurst Gardens too. Uh, it's beautiful. They do it every year, and we've gone since Zuzu was little, like one or two, um, and she loves it every year. She thinks it's so fun. So this is not a sponsorship for Minatrista. Now, we put the wings on her. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, this year, you guys went all out. We though. did. I decided- A little you know, more glitter. A, a lot more glitter, <laughs> as our back porch would testify to. I think It's still sparkling. I think it's still sparkling. It's been yeah. weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah there's a lot of glitter so this year i decided you know what i'm really gonna lean into it zoos loves glitter and loves sparkles and makeup and all that kind of stuff and i am okay with it but whatever so i decided she's five this is probably the last year she's really truly gonna believe in like I fairies you never know what's gonna happen you never know what's school, gonna you know she right. starts kindergarten she does so who knows what happens i mean she may believe, but this is really five is like the perfect time to like really embrace it. So I was like, all right, I got her new fairy wings because her other ones were kind of torn up and jank. So we got new fairy wings. They were actually angel wings. So there was like a little halo that came with them and everything. And I told her we'd do our hair and makeup. And so I did fancy makeup, which I don't know how to do, but I watched a few YouTube videos and figured it out. Uh, we put body glitter that I had left over from Rialzo all over <laughs> our hair and our bodies and glitter everywhere. And it was just 
fancy and fabulous, and she loved it. Now, you're walking around. What happened? Uh, did she get a little tired about this? She got through? a little tired in the middle of it. Her wings were itchy, and, blah, blah, blah. and, so, and her headband halo was hurting her head. So she gave them to me, and I'm like, well, I'm not carrying these things all over Minatrista. You put them on. So I put them on, because I don't care, I think, and it was fun. So I put on the angel wings, and I had like a little flowy dress on, and I had my makeup done too. And so we're over in Oakhurst Gardens, and they've got a little area where you can make crafts and take pictures and they have fairy um like drums and tambourines Mm. and stuff so you can play fairy music and do all that kind of stuff and dance and it's fun so Zeus was over coloring and doing a craft and I sat on some apple crates next door because I was just chilling out resting for a minute and all of a sudden this this little girl she's like two or three she's losing her mind she's had a meltdown because she has been here all day and has not seen a fairy and I I want to see a fairy and she's losing her mind and so her mom looks over at me and she's like would you would you sign her autograph book (laughs) would you mind I was like no that's fine I don't care so you were the fairy mother so I was the mama fairy yes so then so I told her mom yes and then her the mom was like look I found a fairy and like yelled it across Oakhurst Gardens and her kid comes back over so I signed Mama Fairy autograph and then all the other little girls see that there's a fairy well, of and course. they line up I have a I had like a stack of little girls, 10 deep, that I signed Mama Fairy autographs for. Um, and then Zuzu finished up her her craft and came over. She's like, what is going on over here? <laughs> and I'm like, look, they think I'm a fairy. I was signing autographs. And she's like, that is so cool. Uh, so I'm like, all right, cool. Do you want to go do more fairy things and walk around? She's like, no, I want to sit here and see if you can sign more autographs because that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so we sat there for 10 more minutes and I signed all kinds of mama fairy autographs in autograph books that they had there and everything. Um, and one little girl thought I was Ariel from the little mermaid cause I have red hair. Anyway, it was really cool. It was, I got to like make little girls day and sign like a fairy book. And Zuzu got to think that her mom was a rock star and signed autographs and stuff. So it was a pretty cool day. <laughs> Today, our premier sponsor is Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Now, they have some events coming up, right? They do. In fact, they've got one coming up on August 20th. It is called How Open, Honest Feedback Can Improve Your Organization. It's presented by Courtney McAuliffe, and attendees will learn and get suggestions on how to perform effective one-on-one meetings and performance evaluations, how to use feedback as a form of motivation, and how feedback should be handled in disciplinary action or corrective action and conversations, and creating a culture of feedback that's a two-way street. Um, so that seems like a lot of communication tips and tricks and things like that. It'll be excellent on August 20th. Check them out more at shaferleadership.com. In the studio with us, we have Ronnie Johnson. How are you today? I am fine today on this very beautiful sunny day. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Myself, okay. I'm a basic Hoosier. Yes. Grew up near in the Lake County area. Came to Ball State University because I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. It's Ball State Teachers College back then. That was the dark ages, mm-hmm. of course. And Ball State Teachers College, I taught uh, second and third grade in both Ohio and Indiana for four years. I ended up back here in Muncie where I taught Sutton School and then took a reprieve, had two children. I was an at-home mom for several years 
And uh, at that point, I took the advantage to uh, try to involve myself as much as I could into community activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised that way. My father had a business at, from, a scr- from scratch business. What was that? He was a pharmacist. Okay. okay. But uh, all four of my grandparents came through Ellis Island. Okay. So they all had to work very hard to get uh, where they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was always taught because my father had a local business that you have to give back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember many a time planting flowers in the medians up north in my hometown and having garage sales for the church and so forth. And they just always instilled to me that it's important to give back. So those precious years when I was uh, lucky enough to be an at-home mom, I really felt I had a responsibility and I wanted to be more of a part of our community and to give back to the community. So through that process, I got to meet so many wonderful, wonderful people who felt the same way I did and people who were in need of, of, of many services. Mm-hmm. But through that process, I had the opportunity to meet uh, Margaret and Oliver Bum. And Oliver Bum, Bum had just been tapped to be the executive, part-time executive director of the newly formed Community Foundation. Um, the work was beginning to be a little overwhelming for him because he was using other people's secretaries used to mm-hmm. do some of the work and he asked me if I would be willing to come in and work part-time. My first response was I don't know how to type <laughs> um, because I was a school teacher and that right. was not what I, I was very those were not one of my skills and he said yes but because you've been involved in the community and because you know so many people you'll be familiar when we talk with people mm-hmm. or invite people to talk about the community foundation and so that started my path with the Community Foundation, which um, I retired after 27 years oh, there. Wow. Uh, that was my career from where I grew up, from where my education involved, both my master's and undergraduate from Ball State in education, teaching for two second graders and third graders for three to four years. Mm-hmm. Loved it, absolutely love those little kids and then at home for several years and then I started with the foundation back in 86 and it started in 85 so I was back there in the in the ground yeah ground the, the floor beginning stages the absolutely. very beginning yeah, stages yeah. which was so which was so fun how many kiddos do you have? I have two kiddos they're not really kiddos, not kiddos anymore. anymore my firstborn I just turned 50 oh, okay and she is in Boulder Colorado and has been ever since she graduated from college and my son is in uh, Poland where he is teaching Teaching English as a second language. Oh, okay. He's 47. Now, you mentioned your uh, uh, relatives came over through Ellis Island. Where did yes. they come from? All f- I was blessed. All four of my grandparents came from Czechoslovakia, which there no longer is a Czechoslovakia. Mm-hmm. Right. But they all came from Czechoslovakia and uh, through Ellis Island. And I just am a little sorry I have not done more research as to how did they actually get here to Indiana. But that's what I'll do in my next retirement. Okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Did they ever have any stories, or your, your grandparents or great-grandparents, that they handed down to they, A couple of the stories, the one I particularly remember with uh, from my father's side of the family, which were very, uh, very, very hard workers. My grandfather, when they came across, of course, they put many of the workers in the coal mines. Mm-hmm. They came across, and immediately they're going to go to the coal mines. And uh, the story goes that he, after he worked for one day, and he said, 
in his Czechoslovakian language, I did not come to America to work underground. I came okay. to work on top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so that was one story which kind of really showed his personality because he had five children. He could not speak English. His wife could not speak English. So they had five children, and four of the five all became professionals, dentists, doctors, pharmacists, wow. which from parents who could not speak English. Right. And back then, they did not have special teachers to help the children learn English. Right. They sat in the back. They sat in the back of the classroom, and they had to pick up whatever they could. And of those five, four of them all became college graduates, professionals. So there was a. He was determined he was not going to work underground. Absolutely. You could see that personality <laughs> coming through. <laughs> I think mean, that speaks a lot to him. That yeah, that his exactly. Children were able to succeed. Uh, so exactly. Well, so. Talk to me about being a woman in business and and running the community foundation. Well, running the community foundation was just the most fabulous part of my life beside mm-hmm. my children and I don't think I had any obstacles I never felt like I had any obstacles being a woman I just did what I had to do and if I mm-hmm. had to go in a room with men I would go in the room with men and say what I had to say and I do remember when uh, Charlie Sursa and David Sursa came into my office and they asked me if I would be interested in joining Rotary and I remember sitting there thinking well I can't do that because that's a man's organization and they said no we're beginning to break through you would be the fourth woman to be in our local Muncie Rotary and that's the only time I really kind of thought about am I limited because I'm a woman I guess Mm -hmm. I never really never really thought about it Charlie Sirs and I were in the same building and so when he was president I was the secretary and that was a great that was a great time and that was when we started the the Rotary Endowment Fund at the Community Foundation because we had so many organizations coming to Rotary asking us for charitable help and we would just always have to say no and I remember walking into Charlie's office one day he said yeah I'm really tired of saying no why don't we do something so we don't have to say no and then that was when we started the campaign for the endowment fund and uh, Ben Delk was the chairman to run that very first campaign well the only campaign actually and it was successful and now uh, they they distribute thousands of dollars every year from that fund for for worthwhile community projects of all the projects that uh, that you were a part of at the Community Foundation, what were some of the highlights for you? Oh, golly, there have been so, so many, many highlights. Them, yeah. <laughs> and I guess, Matt, I'm going to say there weren't necessarily highlights of projects because there were so many good ones. I think the highlight for me is, beside distributing dollars to organizations, which is pretty obvious, is working with the people that wanted to make good things happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that are such quiet behind-the-scenes people Mm -hmm. that just want to do good stuff for their community. And they come to the foundation because they have a a situation, whatever the situation happens to be, Mm -hmm. and say, you know, I've always... I've always been a supporter of ARF, and how can I make sure that it'll still be supported after I'm gone? Mm-hmm. And the foundation has methods that they can do that. So it was it was meeting the people, and mostly people that wanted to be quiet, the quiet philanthropists right. yeah. that really wanted to do good things and working with them and working through different techniques that the foundation could provide that we could make sure their charitable wishes would go on forever. Um, I always think of this one situation with this this woman. She and her husband had no children, and they lived uh, way below their means, Mm -hmm. sort of the millionaire next door. We've heard about that book. And she was going to leave her estate to her nephew, a very close nephew to her. And as it turned out, sadly enough, the nephew passed away. She comes to her attorney and, and her financial advisor and said, I have a problem. Now what am I going to do? 
and she was cute. She wanted to give it to the lawyer. She wished, no, they, can, they couldn't do <laughs> it. They, do couldn't do, they couldn't do that. So they connected her with us. She was able to have a scholarship, if I remember correctly, in the high school that he went to high school, where he went to high school, where he went to college. She was going to help three or four organizations that her husband had fond memories of mm-hmm. when he was in World War II. Oh, wow. She was able to do all this, and so she doesn't have to worry about it now. So after she passes away... Her estate will come to the foundation, and we will do all the things that she wanted done forever because it's an endowment Mm -hmm. fund, a permanent fund. So year after year after year, there'll be those scholarships in honor of her beloved nephew. And she came in, and she said, I'm okay now. I I can really relax because I now know what I want done is going to be done. And to work with people like that – who you know you've helped them with their wishes and also helped them in their last years knowing mm-hmm. that what they worked hard for is going to benefit what, what they want to happen for either themselves or for other organizations. Yeah. And then they are able to leave a legacy of their own exactly. uh, for the future. So exactly. Really and awesome. and uh, even though this, two of the scholarships that she's going to be giving in her nephew's name are not in Indiana, we have the capability to connect with those organizations. So the projects are so many, but I think it's the people and the stories mm-hmm. that we remember the, the, that came to us with situations that they needed some guidance and, and, and then to see the relief on their faces, knowing that, Phew, I don't have to worry about that. That's going to be taken care of. Well, you've had a very long career. Like you said, you retired here. Well, what was it, just a but, few years ago? Well, five years ago now. Five okay. years ago mm-hmm. now. Well, you've, what have you been doing since retirement? You know what? I asked myself the same thing the other day. How, when is a day going to come when I just can sort of sit and do nothing all day long? I've still been involved with, I'm still on uh, four different boards okay. that I'm okay. very, very interested in. Muncie Action Plan, mm-hmm. uh, By Five, Early Childhood Education, Cardinal Greenway, which I've been involved with for a long time, and also the Community Enhancement Projects, CEP, Beautification Projects okay. in the community. Those four kept me busy, busy enough that I am still in touch with what's going on in Town, sure. get to go to the meetings and, and get caught up with with folks it's not keeping me busy 24 7 but it's fun to go by and see some of the things that you've been working on and how they're that's helping with the beautification of our community mm-hmm. and and just the betterment of our community do you have a favorite book you know i really thought about that my favorite book i i think this is an old book but still one of my favorites is to kill a mockingbird i think especially right now in this turmoil that's going through our country mm-hmm. and and uneasiness I think the, the, the book had so many themes in it, uh, compassion, acceptance, understanding, you know, the little with the little girl being protected by the gentleman who was considered sort of a misfit in the neighborhood, that compassion, and what the lawyer did on the stand for the, the gentleman who was uh, accused of the crimes and what he did, what he knew he had to do, what was right no matter what the popular opinion was. So I still think, and maybe I feel that way strongly now because of of, um, some of the the turmoil that's Mm -hmm. going on in the country right now. And I just kind of put you at peace. And I'm sure everyone cried in that last scene when there's a booker who was behind the door, the gentleman behind the door who saved saved the little girl, remember, and that he he was the neighbor who had special needs. And there he was staying because he had protected those kids all their lives quietly. Everyone tears in their Everybody eyes on that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I th- I th- when, I, when I think about a book, I st- even though it's a very, very old book and everyone has read it, it just seems right now, maybe we already didn't need, need to read it again. Yeah. Well, other than volunteer work and things like that, what do you do for fun? 
for fun. Yeah. Well, um, I like to uh, travel. Where I, have you been? Well, just recently, I babysat, quote, house sat for my cousin's home in on the Chesapeake Bay in Annapolis, Maryland. Oh, okay. oh one of my favorite places. Beautiful. Oh, which was such a painful thing for me to have to oh, do. Oh, yeah. Someone has to <laughs> do someone it, ha- right? Someone has to do it, and I'm going to New, uh, New Mexico, Santa Fe, and then I'm going to go to Boulder for Thanksgiving, but the big trip I have planned is in January going to Africa. Oh. So that's what uh, my, my goal is to kind of get, get moving and going to Africa. I, I, my daughter has been, and everyone I have talked to said it's something that is it's just changes your whole life, your whole perspective, mm-hmm. and so that's the big trip that I'm I'm playing. So, so I always want to have something to look forward to. Absolutely. Are you going to go on a safari? On a safari, awesome. yeah. We're going on a safari. One night here, two nights there, in a jeep. You know, wear your your sun sunscreen and your comfortable tennis shoes, and that's about it. So okay. it's, it's we're going to hope to see all the big five animals and um, a couple of nights we sleep out in tents, which I'm not so sure about at this point. But <laughs> it'll be an do adventure. Do. If it'll, nothing else, it'll right? be an adventure. Right, right. <laughs> Now, did you have a lot to do with uh, Habitat for Humanity? Didn't you go on a few trips? Yes, I did. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, I went to Bolivia, and that was a that was a great adventure. Just besides the seeing the country, but to uh, actually work on a home, but to meet the family that was going to go in the home, and to see the gratitude how this woman just almost cried every single day when we came. She could not believe that people would come so far pay their own money to come and help someone they didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, they put you to work, making rebar <laughs> from hand. And so someone, because we had to move all these boulders all by like a like a, a line of people tossing boulders. And someone said, you know, if we just got a payload or whatever they're mm-hmm. called, we could just do this in 24 hours. But you have to do it the way, the, you have to be it. respectful yeah. of the way that the construction workers are, worked down there. Uh-huh. And so we had to do, and, and I remember one time we were looking at a, a level, you know, a level to see if the bricks were all level. The level was a garden hose <laughs> <laughs> that they had stretched across. And if the water, if it was sagging, that means it was, I mean, it was, but it worked. It's, I guess that works. It, yeah. It worked. It worked. Think about it, yeah. <laughs> How do you maintain a, a positive attitude? Well, I think think all you have to do is look around to see how many less fortunate people there are than I am and I always feel blessed my mother always said that when I whenever I complained about anything my feet were too big or my hair was too curly whatever it happened to be she would say at least you have feet at least you have hair so I knew I'd never get any sympathy from mm-hmm. her <laughs> so so I just always know that I am so blessed I mean, and, and she would say, all you have to do is look around and you'll find so many people that are worse off than you are. Sure, there's, there's many more people worse off than you are and how blessed you are to have what you have. And she always said, do the best with what you have, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. do the best with what you have. And so I've always kind of looked at that whenever I kind of feel a little boohoo about something. I think, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have a roof over my head. I have my good health. I have friends. What else could you, what else could there be? I mean, really, I mean, that's, that's, I, I truly, I truly, truly feel that I have been totally blessed in so many things in my life. And sure, all of us have bumps in the road because life wouldn't be fun if there weren't bumps in the mm-hmm. road and you wouldn't appreciate your life if there weren't bumps in the road. I think that's what um, keeps me positive is knowing that I have been blessed with so many attributes that so many people have not been and so unfortunately the way my mother told me about not feeling sorry for myself 
my kids have to listen to me say that to them too because my daughter will, <laughs> my daughter will say oh you know my feet are too big and she'll say oh i know i'm mother i know i'm lucky i have at feet. least i have I said, feet that's right no sympathy from me <laughs> i always tell that to zuzu our five-year-old she's like you know i fell and skinned my knee i'm like well do you think you're gonna make it are, uh-huh. are you alive yeah. like uh-huh. okay yeah. i think you're good yeah <laughs> what would you tell a young person what's your advice for people my advice would be to stay positive to always look for what's on the good side of life, to take advantage of everything you possibly can, and don't put it off until tomorrow. Because a dear friend of mine said years and years ago, she said, you know, it finally occurred to me, this is not dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. This is it. So we shouldn't put off put off to tomorrow what we should be doing today. And whether it be a chore, whether it be develop a new friendship, whether it be clean out the attic, whatever it happens to be, don't put it off, especially meeting new people or going places, because this is not dress rehearsal. And I think being retired, I think I've heard so many people say, we should have done that when we felt better, Mm -hmm. when we were healthier. But we were so busy in our careers that maybe we only took off the one week a year. But now that we're, quote, retired, well, the back hurts and the feet hurt and I'm a little tired and the blood pressure pills and all these little things that right. happen naturally to all of us as we age, that w- things we can't do. And again, over and over again, I just remember this dear friend, and she's passed since then, um, but said, you know, this is not dress rehearsal. And I just think of that so often. And that's what I would tell people is, you know, maybe it's not in your budget, but you can go climb a mountain or you can go to a national park, which is not going to be expensive, Mm -hmm. or you don't have to go on the Disney World $1,000 a day trip. I guess I think how blessed I was to be a part of the foundation that now everyone knows who it is. Mm -hmm. When you say it in the community, when we started, no one (laughs) knew who it was. And we started with, you know, index cards handwritten index cards and now they've got six employees so i think for me to sit back and look at how that has grown and how the staff is taking over the leadership of the foundation now is so gratifying to me that i was part of something that is making and will forever make a difference Mm -hmm. in our community and we are very blessed because not only do we have the community foundation, but we have our other private foundations mm-hmm. that I can tell you other communities are very envious and we are very blessed for what we have, the generosity, because we would not have most of the, many of the things that we have in our community. The, mm-hmm. I would say the enhancement things, the trails, the beautification, the, the arts, those what I call things that enhance our community that make people want to come here right. and, and live. And so, you know, when I think back on my life, beside my family, of course, would just be that I was so gratified to have been a part of an organization that is so beneficial to our community, but mainly, as I stated earlier, so beneficial to people who want to do 
good things for the communities that they that they lived in and raised their own families in mm-hmm. and want their children and grandchildren to have the same opportunities. Well, very good. Thank you so much for being our guest today. I really appreciate it. Well, Matt, thank and thank you You're for welcome. inviting me to come in. I, I certainly hope that you can pick out one or two pieces from this that, that can oh, be Oh, I'm thinking used. you have oh, one, I, more than one I or two. I think you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Well, and thank you, and thank you for putting on these podcasts. They are extremely interesting. I have learned more about other women and other jobs and responsibilities in our community through your podcast efforts. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Have a good day. We're also sponsored today by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. You can find out more at LuckyTats.com. Yep. Today, we want to talk about artist Adam Godwin. He uh, started tattooing in Colorado 13 years ago, so he's got lots of experience. He specializes in new school and illustrative work in traditional tattoos as well. But he would love to do more nerd culture tattoos. So if you've got like Marvel stuff you want tattooed on your body, comic books, Pokemon, Pokemon, nerd things, he's totally down with that. He's your guy. Uh, he has an extensive Funko Pop collection, so those little bobblehead oh, yeah. looking things or whatever. He's got a bunch of those. He loves the movie Deadpool. I like that movie too. And he works hard every day to provide for his cats, Popcorn, Lollipop, and Lucy. Adam loves eating sushi, playing guitar, and working on his custom bobber. You can find out more at LuckyTats.com. Just like all families, everybody has some weird things that they eat. Yes. So what's some of the uh, weird things that your family has put together uh, that you love to eat? Well, I don't still love to eat it, but it was normal when we were kids that we would have mashed potatoes underneath your spaghetti noodles. So it'd be like mashed potatoes, yeah. spaghetti noodles, then spaghetti sauce? sauce. Yes. Sauce? Sauce. <laughs> Okay. Sauce, noodles, oh, mashed potatoes. That's a lot of starch, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like super starch. <laughs> that, I, I don't know. So that's what we had. Anytime we had spaghetti, that's how we served it. Really? So forever, like my sister and I, that's just normal because that's how you grow up or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I figured out that that wasn't normal. So my sister did not figure that lesson out until she got married. What? <laughs> so my brother-in-law, yeah. she's like, all right, I'm going to make spaghetti. Or he said, I want spaghetti. And she's like, but we don't have any mashed potatoes. <laughs> and he's like, And he's what? like, what are you talking about? She's like, you put mashed potatoes under your spaghetti. He's like, you are out of your mind because that is weird and gross. So that's how she figured out that mashed potatoes don't go under spaghetti noodles. Now, mashed potatoes at the Howe household, of course, involve gravy. And we have gravies for everything. You do. We even put gravy... Uh, over bread and just eat that like a gravy sandwich kind yeah. of only it's so soggy you can't you have to eat it with a fork I, and we're talking chicken gravy we're talking brown gravy any kind of gravy bologna gravy uh, is something barf. that uh aunt dorothy uh used to make all the time she'd do the fried bologna and then make gravy out of whatever like the was left or whatever 
in that How much in grease can bologna really put off? Apparently enough to make some gravy. That's but, gross. Uh, okay. Used to be a favorite of everybody's in the Howe household. No, no. I don't want fried bologna and I definitely don't want bologna gravy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, you guys eat wilted lettuce? Wilted lettuce, yes. That's a that's a household favorite. Which I think well. is like... I, I'm not a wilted lettuce fan, but I love the bacon, onion, and uh, oil. Oh that, yeah, that part's great. Oh, that... <laughs> you can't beat that. <laughs> but, but the actually wilted lettuce that's a that's an acquired taste yeah i don't know i think in fancy restaurants they now have something like that but they call it like arugula salad with bacon vinaigrette or whatever <laughs> yeah wilted lettuce <laughs> so it's basically like wilted lettuce now at uh, uh big functions uh somebody usually and I, it used to be dorothy maybe it still is but we would have noodles and cabbage mixed together. together so so like it's kind of like beef noodles you know beef and noodles right but you take the noodle part and you put some cabbage with it is there beef in it uh, sometimes i can't remember okay. i just the cabbage is so overpowering you can't taste anything I don't that know why anyway. you would want to put but that. it's so good really mm, uh-uh. no I'm saying no now mashed potatoes do go with chicken and noodles yes so chicken noodles like okay I've lived in other parts of the country and you talk about chicken noodles and they're like like soup <laughs> chicken <laughs> like, noodle soup no, no no this is chicken and noodles. chicken and noodles on top of mashed potatoes and that ma- that goes together yeah oh definitely but I don't know. So maybe that's where my family got the spaghetti and noodles. I don't know. That's such a stretch to like, that's a lot of work to make your mashed potatoes. I know. I put think them down. My mom. Boil the, the, the noodles, put them on, and then the spaghetti sauce. I on feel top. like we might have used instant mashed potatoes a lot, which is disgusting in its own right. I can't imagine what that looks like. It, it, it just gross mess. I mean, yeah, when you like cut into it, it's like you cut through sauce and <laughs> noodles and also mashed potatoes. I don't know. And you I grew mean, up like this. Yes. Like, well, this explains so much. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Our premier sponsor today was the Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at schaeferleadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Check them out at luckytats.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has Gone Boss. Gone Boss.